Alright, we are out and about, uh, just might have done a Barristock Dash um, with Stephen Duffy and John McLean. Firstly, uh, Johnny McLean, welcome to Campbell's Comments for the first time. Good morning, Paul. Um, beautiful Sunday here and a, and a little bit of fun. He can harness a horse, Steve Duffy. He did, he was far too good for me. It was my idea and uh, I expected to beat him, but there you go. Spoiler alert, he's far too good for a lot of people. Don't worry about that, but we'll get on to that in another thing. Firstly, mate, um, I wanted to catch up. You asked me there before, what are we going to chat about? It's... Um, more or less a little bit of the industry and why I suppose sometimes people leave it and come back, but a lot of people may or may not be aware of what you actually achieved in the industry. Firstly, you're a second generation. Are you a third generation? Third generation. Third generation. Who was your grandfather? Uh, Fyland. He, he imported horses from England. Yeah, John Fyland. Yep. He had a farm at Bell called Lakevale. Still around there now. Um, yeah, a long time ago. And then, then my dad, of course, was famous and hit my... I have two sisters and I'm the youngest and I'm the most spoiled by my mother. And anyway, we were allowed to start driving when we were 15 and first five drives all won. So, you know, things have changed since then. So I could cover off on, on a lot of things in this chat. You did tell me we're not allowed to because, as I said, this will stop at 20 minutes. You said it's got to be, you know, no more than 10. My early thoughts, uh, my early memories, some of my earliest memories coming into the game were horses like Rivley Jack, Bronski Beat um, and those horses. The thing that sticks to me was, I suppose, the flamboyance, if you like, of yourself and um, how you presented them um, and things like that. And right, fellow, or wrongly, I just, I, I actually enjoyed it. Don't worry about that. I'm not going to say a bad thing about it. Um, where did that all come from? Like, were your presentation and the way that you present yourself? Oh, well, I started going out with... Uh the opposite sex when I was very young and uh, I used to like dressing up and one night I went to the Miracle Mile with a green suit on, that's still Marshall Dobson said oh what's he going to arrive in tonight so I thought I'd better do something different but it didn't worry me you know used to look after the horses good and you only get out of the horses what you put into them as all these harness people will be knowing today uh, here it is on a Sunday and Stephen's here working horses seven days a week so what you put into them is what you'll get out of them um, you're 70 years old. Um, you said you started driving at 15. Um, when did you start actually training horses? Oh, my dad was the trainer then, so probably 18 or something like that. When you started actually training in your own name? Yeah. yeah. Um, your driving career? I mean, I, I remember you as a training career, and I do remember your driving. Um, fair to say, when I, what I remember, you're a little bit wild. I suppose you drove a bit like a bloke that wore a green suit from time time to time. Um, what would you, how would you describe your driving career? How many winners did you drive? Oh, I drove lots of winners, but a very aggressive driver and, of course, a gambler then and a gambler today. So, you know, there was always plenty of drivers to drive the horses if you got rubbed out for cutting someone off on the first turn, which, you know, wasn't good for the industry and probably why I had a bit of a bad name. But um, that's the way it was and it certainly... My thoughts on it have changed now and you watch all these young people driving now and they're great drivers. I watch the races and think I'd go now and then if I back something I'd say I wish they'd go now but they've waited and they still win. You know, drivers, Taylor French is my favourite driver. Is it, we'll get on to that in a sec, but is that probably, by the sounds of it, a little bit of a, re, a regret and um, you know, hopefully people learn by their mistakes in, in a way what you just said there before that... You just took it because in the moment, when you're living in the moment, you don't see any different, but you, you step away from the game, which we'll talk on, um, you have a bit of time to reflect and you sort of say, well, hang on, what I was doing was was good for me at the time, but not necessarily good for the sport? No, it definitely wasn't good for the sport, you know. Definitely wasn't good for the sport, what I used to do, and probably why I had the, the name of a bit of a rogue, which was quite true, and, uh, you know, you'd... Uh 
drive, tr take a horse to the races that you knew couldn't win on a Friday on the 29th of the month and then you give the poor owner a bill for training it on the 1st of the month. So it wasn't the right thing to do, definitely not. Um, it's pretty honest and open. I, like, I, I, I appreciate it because I, I like to get people... Um, thinking, if you like, on the industry, and you know, quite often I'll do some chats, and you'll send me messages about ask about this and and that, and uh, that honesty I think will get more people thinking. It's a different age now; everything's different. Like I mean, social media, um, and people can see things differently. Back then, I, I would imagine it would have been so easy to be caught in those moments and and in that situation where you say, "I oh, just get another two weeks; it'll be right. I'll be back in two weeks." Gave you can drive them, Steve Duffy. You can drive them and not worry about it. Whereas um, now, not only do you have that time to reflect it, but because it is social media, it gets bandied around. You wouldn't have got the flack back then. No, definitely not. But now the kids have got to be careful if if because if they get taken off one of the horses, they won't get back on it. So, you know, every, it's it's a great sport to be in and it's very disappointing that it's gone backwards, really. I'm very disappointed about it and it's probably got something to do with my past because they call them the red hots, but uh, they're certainly not anymore. No, they're not, and we got it. We definitely have to change that. I said there before, Rivoli Jack, he was probably my favourite uh, horse. He was a rogue. He, he had a, a few little uh, quirks to, he, to him in, in his ways. What, which was who would you say was your best horse that you actually trained? Oh, he was probably the best. But uh, cutting back on a reflecting on a story that our past friend we all love, Gavin Lang, and Stall Cup one day, uh, he said to me, "Oh, which one do you think you should drive?" I said, oh, "I think you should drive Bronski Beat today. I'll drive Rivoli Jack." And anyway, Bronski Beat won, and Rivoli Jack was short of a run and. Anyway, the next day he come around on through the week, he said, who am I going to drive in the Kilmore Cup? He, I said, oh, you should drive Rivoli Jack this week. Well, Rivoli Jack won by half the length of the straight. He was a beautiful, fast horse, and he was sore all his life, you know. Um, he had really bad quarter cracks and bad tendons, and uh, a vet who's um, Chris Bonosio's father-in-law, Alistair McLean, a wonderful veterinary surgeon. He kept him going for a long, long time, but... Uh, Reflecting back on the gambling, I've got a horse called Game Action. Uh, took him to Kilmore for his first start and said to Gavin Lang, oh, it's not a bad horse, this one, just give him a look around, he should go all right. And anyway, he took off on him and carted up Bulldog Nicholson on a horse. And Anyway, it was in two weeks later at Mooney Valley and he rang up and he said, why aren't I driving it? I said, oh, you didn't drive it good at Kilmore. I said, Brian Gass driving it. So anyway, went on to win its next five races in a row and probably would have been competitive in a miracle mile. Won five weeks at Mooney Valley, five in a row, and just a fast horse. And he w he knocked his hip down and that was the finish of game action. Oh, what, he had six starts, won five of them? Yep. Mm. And so he was up there as, as a horse that probably people don't know about um, that you held in, in that sort of high regard. Yeah, yep, very high regard. What was your biggest? What was your biggest thrill as a trainer? Like, what was the best races you did win? You, did you win the Queensland Championship up there with uh, Rivley Jack? Yeah, and we won the Tasmanian Championships with Ross Conway's horse Void. Yep, he was a good horse. But yeah. Reflecting back on the gambling things, um, when I was uh, 17 years old, before I even had a car, I had eighty thousand dollars underneath the house at home. So easy come, easy go. Still today. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you wish you had that. I bet you wish you had that house now. Oh well, it doesn't matter. I've had a wonderful life. I've been all over the world, and uh, here I am, seventy years old, and still enjoying the trotting. Um, we said I wasn't allowed to go for twenty minutes. Julie just rang out, read out nine minutes. I, I, I think we'll do more than one one of these 
um, and we'll sit down probably for a bit, bit longer chat, maybe don't have the cameras on, just to actually chat about it. But you stepped away from the game, um, and I asked you why, and I'll let you, you say in, in your own words um, why, but was that... No, I'll let you tell why you actually stepped away first. Well, it was uh, probably, you'd say, the height of my career, and uh, I was friends with Vin Knight, and uh, a wonderful man and a wonderful horseman, and... Uh, when he passed away, I said to myself, I need to reflect on this working seven days a week. And uh, I had a nice farm at Toolan Vale and a nice lot of horses. And I sold the farm and uh, went around Australia for a year. And uh, that was it. And when I come back, I said to my wife, I said, I've never had a job in my life. She said, well, why don't you get one? So I went and worked for the government in child protection for about 25 years. And so... Worked for the government for about 25 years. Yeah, saw a different side, I would imagine, to 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 life. Um, something that you know probably a lot of people don't think about, especially with child protection. No, well, all the money in the world you put into your children won't fix them. It's time that makes them good, and uh, certainly anybody that has children, the best thing is to spend time with them and 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 be uh, be with them. That um, you also drove. Did you drive a limo for a while? Did I hear you? Is that, was that always just an urban myth that you were driving no, a limo? it's an urban limo. Never drove a limo, no. You didn't drive, drive a limo. Um, you've, you've come back into the sport. Um, I gave you a hit living here somewhere near the Golden Valley, um, albeit just breaking pre-training. Are you training any? No, we had Stephen gave me a horse called You Betcha, and uh, uh, we've got a sign in our kitchen called it's called You Betcha because he won one night at Bendigo and we had a good win on him. So you bet you, you bet you was good to me. No. Um, what, what, why did you get back into the sport? Like you, you said there before, you know, you, you had the highs and the lows, and um, you know, probably parts of the industry you weren't that proud of. But you know, why did you come back into the industry? Well, I've always followed it, and uh, when I come seven years ago to live in the Goulburn Valley, I, I, I was still working in the child protection, and I, I, the rules, the way they look after people, changed, and. Uh, I actually come to help Stephen out for a few days and then uh, Len Parker, obviously all the horses with the moths, said to me, did I want to break the horses in? So for the last five years I've broken in the moth horses and all Peter Gleason's horses, so have some beautiful horses to break in. Do you enjoy that part of it, like a, a lot lower key than, than the Johnny McLean back in the Halcyon days? Yes, I do enjoy that a lot more and uh, following their career and uh, handing them over to top trainers and seeing them all go ahead it's a wonderful wonderful thing as a man it was flamboyant it, it is if you ask me one of the things that is missing is definitely here in victoria at the minute there's not a lot of flamboyant there's a lot of people that condition horses beautifully though and, and turn them out do you like the way the industry i suppose we portray our horses on the racetrack first and we'll get on to the other parts of it in a sec but do you like the way we portray the industry uh, I sort of do, but I sort of don't. I mean, you know, you, you go to the gallops and people get interviewed well-dressed and that sort of thing, and people in the harness, it's what people look for, you know. People looking on the television, that's what they look. They say, look at that bloke there, he's got jeans and a T-shirt on, and he's trained a million-dollar horses. It's, it shouldn't happen. There should be a dress code. Do you, do you think we worry too much what other people think? So sometimes when we do, when we do the present, like I won't, I'll never wear a green shirt, but I'm I'm okay wearing floral shirts and silly hats um, if it makes people aware of the game. Do you think that we need more people, I suppose, to be brave and um, show their show the sort of person they are? Well, of course we do. You know, people follow people like that. So any footballer, you know, any footballer that's out there, they'll follow him. And the same sort of thing. You know, if 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 you're out there and someone different, people will hear about you. They want to talk about you. Um, the game now, it's one that's a little bit harder to win on the punt. Um, do you still punt? 
Oh yeah, never changed that. Yeah, but it's just very hard to win on the punt because everyone wants to win, so it's very competitive and it gets down to the way the driver drives the horses and the times they run and you know, it's it's a lot different to when I used to do it. So it's good though. Do you do you like it better? Like, I mean, a lot of the things you see on social media, people say, oh, you know, the, they, they mention the Kilmore Cup and they say how it used to be. It will never go back to, to being how it used to be. But do you, do you actually like um, the way the industry parts of it are going and, and you can see areas where we can improve? Yeah, I like it. Like, there's six, six furlong races, you know, but they don't promote them. They don't, you know, spend money and say there's going to be a six furlong race. Watch it. It's going to go like a dog race, you know. Watch yep. it. Yep. You enjoy the 1200? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good to see. That's interesting because a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of backwards and forwards on that. Um, you said there before about drivers. Taylor French is one of your, one of your, your favourites. Do you enjoy the young group? Like, I, I love it. You talk about back in your day. I mean, lady drivers, there was probably a handful of them. Debbie Quinlan, Rita Burnett, so those ones probably were a handful. Helen Benja. Helen Benja. Now, I mean, every race, if there's not yeah. two or three girls in it, do you enjoy the way, one, that the young people are in this game and we probably don't sell them either well enough? Yes, because they do the form. They understand all these kids, you know. It's like when you go to a doctor. I'd much sooner go to a doctor who's uh, young because he's learned off the older people and these young kids have all learned off the older people and uh, they've had really good mentors and they're doing a great job. Definitely could chat to you for a long time, and I think we will do that. We'll sit down one day, uh, have a cup of coffee or two, and, and chat about you know past horses and that. There'll be a few people, so I should touch on it a little bit more. Are you training any at the minute? Uh, I, need, I need the breakers at the moment. Yeah, I need the breakers. So. Are you going to get another one in train? Yeah, I'm going to get another one shortly. Yeah. I won't tell you its name because I want to back it before I tell you it. <laughs> um, Duff's here, Steve Duff. He's uh, 10 years your junior. He's still got his driver's licence. You still got yours? No, I don't have mine anymore. There's a, used to have to carry lead. Used to have to be 10 stone in those days. Well, I'm far too heavy. And uh, I'm sure it's uh, push a barrel full of bricks and a barrel empty of bricks. And uh, you know which one will go faster. So, therefore, you should always employ the light drivers. It must make a difference. Well, I notice you're looking at Duff there. I don't know what you're saying there with Duff. <laughs> no, he's a good person. He's a great person. Bit of fun, mate. I really appreciate it. You were the one that got in touch with me. And as I said, quite often I'll um, bring stuff up on some of my shows and that, and you'll be messaging me backwards and forwards about stuff that I don't know about. And I think that's one of the things I enjoy about our game um, is being able to, I suppose, you can't go forward if you don't remember the past. That's one of the great things that was told to me. So We'll close, we'll close with the, um, the trotters, how much the trotters have improved but there'll never, ever be another Mary's Idol. So as long as I've been around this champion trotters, but there'll never be another Mary's Idol. That was on Talking Trotters last week, and we were, we were mentioning you know, his, his record. And um, Were you there when he beat the Pacers? I was in the race, yeah. I was in the race when he beat the Pacers in uh, Clive Viewer Championships in Tasmania, in uh, Queensland, going the other way. Yeah. That was, a, was it at Rockhampton? Is it where it was? Or? No, no, that was at Albion Park when Albion they used Park. to run the other way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he went past Sammy Caramel with Brian Healy hanging out the back of the cart. What sort, of, what sort of horse was he like? Beautiful horse, beautiful horse, beautiful looking horse, you know, yeah. just fast. Yep. Yeah. You, you actually had a, you know, you love fast horses. Bronski beat Rivley Jack. That was their, their forte. They were explosively fast horses. Yeah. You, you had a soft spot for those explosive horses, yeah. didn't you? I got a soft spot for um, Serge Blanco. He's been good to us. Yeah. 
Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate having a little bit of fun. I have a, a good chat too. I appreciate a lot of the insight that you've just uh, given. Hopefully we get some people thinking, but um, I will say uh, probably in a month or two, we just might sit down for a, a bit of a long chat and uh, I'll get some names ready. I'm sure people will send me my names to run past you. We'll get some names and we'll we'll chat on those and uh, just have a bit of a recap. But uh, thank you very much, Johnny, and uh, stay, stay in the sport. Keep doing what you're doing, mate. I love it. Righto. Good luck. Thank you. Woodland Stud takes pride in their involvement in the industry, both on and off the track, supporting harness racing through sponsorship from grassroots to feature racing, giving breeders access to world-class stallions who go on to produce world-class racehorses, selling progeny at sales from some of Australasia's strongest families. Harness racing is our passion and we will continue to strive for greatness. Your success is our success. Share the dream with Woodland Stud.